Welcome to the By the Hood podcast. Before we jump into this episode, just wanted to make you aware that on our website, bythehood.com, we have a free webinar on an intro to the stock market. So please go check it out. Just go to bythehood.com and you'll get the free intro to the stock market webinar. Take it easy and enjoy this episode. What's up, people? Welcome to this episode of the By the Hood podcast or webcast because I don't know how you're consuming this content. I'm your host as always. My name is Jimmy. And as we start off every episode, that's with gratitude. Just want to say thank you to everyone and anyone who supports our content or anything we got going on. Special shout out to the students from By the Hood University, as well as all the youth from the By the Hood Ownership Camp. Just want to say thank you for always supporting. I got my partner in crime, Corey McCord. What's up, good brother? What's really good? Happy New Year to everybody. You know, every day is a good day to be alive. Let's go get it. Absolutely. Listen, and um, our show is dedicated to highlighting brothers and sisters who are doing positive work, um, putting out positive energy into our communities. We want to make sure we highlight them, let them tell their story and explain what it is that they actually are working on. This episode I'm looking forward to. This is something that I have no idea about. Don't understand how it works, but I'm looking to learn myself. So hopefully you can learn as well. This is about opportunity zone funds, right? Um, and we got three sisters on who are working together to build their fund. And, um, you know, they're doing amazing work. I'm going to let them tell their stories. But without further ado, I would like to introduce Gwen Samuel, Regina Robinson, and Bernice Johnson. How are you, ladies? Hi, good afternoon. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Yeah, happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Listen, um... You know, uh, you guys are doing amazing work. Your fund is RBG. I like that name, by the way. It's an amazing name. RBG Opportunity Zone Fund. Um, first and foremost, uh, any of you guys can jump in and explain this. I'm going to ask a baseline question. What is an Opportunity Zone Fund? Hey, Jimmy, before we even jump into the Opportunity Zone Fund, because I'm going to let our you know, master person behind the scenes, Bernice, explain that to the lowest level of what an Opportunity mm-hmm. Zone fund is. I just wanted to introduce us again with me being Regina Robinson for the restore side of the Opportunity Zone under RBG. Mm-hmm. Bernice is the build side of the Opportunity Zone and Gwen is the grow side of the Opportunity Zone. One of the things, how we became to be as a unit of three minority-owned women, three sisters that are about to dominate the industry is really our commitment to the community. And as I wanted to say, I know we talked about this, but I wanted to say that when you're looking at it, I am the Michael Jordan of our Opportunity Zone. Bernice Mm -hmm. is the Scotty Pippen of our Opportunity Zone. And Gwen is the Dennis Rodman of the Opportunity Zone. And <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that that triangle is connected where how our synergies came to be and how mm-hmm. we have launched the Restore, Build, Grow Opportunity Zone Fund. So that's RBG, Restore, Build, and Grow. That's what RBG stands for. Correct. Yes. And Regina Bernice Gwen. <laughs> Regina Bernice Quinn. Yeah, that, make, that makes a lot of sense also. I love Absolutely. it. So, so, 
Opportunity Zones were originally part of Congress when um, former President Barack Obama was in office. And as we know, with the political landscape, um, you know, whenever Barack Obama or President Obama would bring forth things to the table, Congress would pretty much knock them down. When, um, what's his name, um, Donald Trump, President Trump, you know, that's probably the third time I've called him President Trump, um, was in office, Opportunity Zones ended up on the table again, and they ultimately passed what they refer to as the Investment in Opportunity Act under the Tax Cuts and Job Act of 2017. So it's a fairly new initiative at the federal government level that looks at incentives in areas that was the, um, determined as part of our census tracts. So there's about a little over 8,000 identified opportunity zone uh, locations out the US and Puerto Rico that have been deemed um, current eligible opportunity zones. The difference between the fund and the zone is really saying, hey, we are going to look at anybody that is an accredited investor, anybody that has realized capital gains that will now be able to take those dollars and invest inside of a fund that would all would would ah, in turn take those funds and build and restore communities inside of current opportunity zones. Okay. So does someone have to be I was gonna say does someone have to be an accredited investor to take advantage of that? They have to be accredited to in in order to benefit from the IRS um, tax incentives. So you can invest inside of a opportunity zone without having in um, being accredited investor and having capital gains. You just don't have the benefit of the tax breaks. Okay, and what are you getting ready to say, Gwen? And so what I want us to do as we think about, I'm thinking about your title, you know why should you invest in an opportunity zone right mm -hmm. and what and if you think about what's the purpose of the opportunity zone is to invest in distressed areas mm -hmm. i'm not only a fund manager of this new endeavor i'm also the president and founder of an organ of uh, the connecticut parents union so i work with families across this country across the state of connecticut to help ensure our children gets um to protect their educational rights so why should you buy in the hood, right? So why should you, as an investor, invest in the hood? Because mm -hmm. right now we're in a crisis that all boats need to be lifted. Yeah. And so we have, we have amazing people in our communities. We have some of the brightest minds in our, in our, not only in our communities now, but history says we have some bright minds. And imagine if you had an opportunity to invest where you live. We're investing to build improved quality of lives. This is not a sound bite. It's not a law that it makes someone actually just feel good, get all fuzzy on the inside. This can help really improve and restore some of our blighted communities. Communities that they'll like to build a school, but they'll build it on the brownfield when it comes to us, right? And so there's an opportunity to clean up some of these neighborhoods. Right. But the most important part, I think, of this, in addition to the investor support, that there's a workforce development component. So if you look at unemployment rates between certain 18, 17 and 26, especially in the black community, 
We're looking at those who have maybe made some poor choices in life and they are being reintegrated in the community. You can quick to judge what someone, what, what someone is doing or not doing, or you can give them the tools to become self-governing so that you can take pride in our community. We are a prideful people, you know, and we've been beaten down, but here's an opportunity to build some of these communities up that not only benefits our children, but benefits our seniors, our veterans, benefits all of us. So when I heard, learned, learned about this, when I learned from Regina and Bernice, I had some questions, because I'm Rodney, I ask questions, right? <laughs> but I also know the point of the three shot, I'm ready for the three pointers for our communities. Right, and so that's what this is. It lets us, uh, lets private investors build in, uh, help build our communities. And the beauty of it, they're not coming to save us. They're working with us, but they're not coming to save us. Correct, correct. Yeah, this is absolutely true. You talked about it being 8,000 uh, designated areas that are considered um, opportunity zones, um, you know, across the country as well, you know, um, you know 8,000, right? So how can one like figure out where those are? So I, Bernice, I know, and thank you for getting back on. Um, I think you were having technical issues. Is it the HUD map? There is a opportunity zone map under www, whatever it is, um, Bernice will tell us, that list you can put an address in and it'll tell you if it's under an opportunity zone or not. So that is the first part of doing our homework, anyone doing their homework when they're looking, you know, to place their business or where those opportunity zones are. There is census tracts that maps out every designated area. I know when Gwen um, came to RBG with a specific location in Connecticut, the question was, is that inside of an opportunity zone? And we were able to say, nope, right away that it wasn't in one. But, you know, they they can't be added in because that was Gwen's question. Well, can't we just, you know, petition legislator and get it added in? Nope. It's all pre-selected, predetermined, and the 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 opportunity zones are locked and loaded at this point, And we are working inside of what's there today. So, um, Bernice, a couple of questions. And, 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 you know, I'm ignorant to this, so I might ask some basic, basic questions, but I think it's important. I think a lot of our audience may not even understand how this works. And Regina did a great job of explaining the difference between an actual opportunity zone and what you guys have is an opportunity zone fund. Right. So mm -hmm. I guess the first question is where where would someone go to look up an address and see if it falls within an opportunity zone? They could go to opportunityzones.org. I work for a company called Easy Do It. Um, we're the number one turnkey opportunity zone development team in the U.S. right now. We've developed one eighth of the opportunity zones. So we put together a comprehensive uh, website. So anything you want to learn about opportunity zones and opportunity zones funds, you could go to opportunityzones.org. Okay. All right. So my next question is, and Regina just mentioned that these are already like you know pre pre designated what these uh, zones are. Mm -hmm. Who did that? Like, how, who who came up with this list of these eight thousand? How did that, like, you know, how did that actually work out? It actually came about um, it during Obama's administration, and then President Trump took the ball and just ran with it. Um, they reached out as part of the Tax Cubs and Jobs Apps of twenty seventeen. Um, I don't know how, how much Regina explained um, previously, so I don't want to. Yeah, she explained that part, but I guess my question is, so what, they makes, out what makes something an opportunity zone? Like, what, what are the parameters that puts the specific area in an They reached out to the different states and to the different counties and municipalities, and then they did, based on the census tract, um, came up with the opportunity zone areas. So it's majority of the undeserved, 
um, rural areas, um, every municipality um, reached out and came back to the different counties and that's how they came about with the designated areas. It was based on the census tracts. Okay, all right. So now I guess my next question is, um, you guys did a great job of explaining that um, and how an investor can benefit from being in an opportunity zone fund. But let's talk about the fund specifically. Mm-hmm. You got? Can you guys work in any any of these eight thousand, or do you have to say I'm starting a fund and I'm working with uh, you know this particular area? How does it work when you create a fund? It's eighty seven hundred census tracts um, actually, and what happens is the fund could be created, but anywhere. But in order, you have to invest in those particular zones designated by the tracts of it. So your fund can, you know, do like, you know, in, in some of the zones over here, some of the zones over there. Yeah. You don't have to be in one specific Correct. zone. Correct. As long as it's yeah. in an opportunity zone area, you can invest in that. Okay. And Jimmy, and Jimmy we were very intentional when we built our fund to not have us isolated to a specific city or demographic area. We wanted to be able to reach as, as many of our communities as we could. So we did ours with a national reach. Um, and we are going to touch as many of our cities as we can through our, our fund. Okay. And from like, from a little bit, I do know with the opportunity zone fund, it doesn't necessarily just have to be with land or real estate. You can actually invest in businesses as well. Um, but those businesses have to operate within those same areas. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. Okay. So, um, what are some of the things that you guys are looking? So, you have your fund, the RBG, um, you know, fund, um, that you guys have created. Um, you're raising capital, and what are some of the things that you guys are looking to do with your specific fund? I'm going to start, and Bernice is going to jump in. Um, you know, we're excited. When we did our launch, we did our press release, um, which was on December 24th, which was Christmas Eve. Um, we put it out with regards to our high-tech manufacturing, our innovative patented technology, our endo-ag farming centers, um, and being able to build affordable workforce and transitional housing. Some of the projects that we're working on right now is, I'm gonna, I gotta look down and read, I apologize on that, is looking at our green lighting technology that is a patented technology with our um, partner or company, Azentive. Um, they currently work right now in a area that looks at natural indoor lighting for the cannabis um, industry. So we're looking at that with regards to food safety and security. We're looking at bringing indoor ag farming to areas like Connecticut, like Virginia, like um, New Jersey. Um, they are on the West Coast, and we are now bridging the West Coast and the East Coast with that initiative. And we're excited to have them as a partner um, in the RBG fund um, as we are raising our dollars. The next one that we're looking at is Navani um, Manufacturing. Um, they are actually very interesting as Bernice and I spend countless hours on the phone looking at you know, their model, their portfolio, what they do today and how they are going to expand under RBG as a business up under the fund um, with regards to high-end technology, if I can say that, Bernice, with regards to their portfolio. It is an opportunity that I'm very excited about because they are now putting up their manufacturing plants um, and 
the Tulsa, Oklahoma area um, that we all know as Black Wall Street. So we're very excited um, to have them as part of our fund and as part of the relationship bill that we are doing um, under RBG. The other one is um, the cutting edge technology with the founders of Your Water. I'm very excited to have them also. And another one is a nanotechnology um, opportunity. All of it is in the mega technology, high-end manufacturing, high-end patented um, landscape of technology to move our communities um, to the next stage. Bernice, did I miss anything? Do you want to add on to that? No, that's pretty much um, it. But the founders of Your Water, they created a technology called uh, Forwee. And uh, we're still trying to iron out the details with that. Um, that's pretty much, uh, without getting too in detail, is amazing. Um, the other one, Navani, they also have a technology that's releasing um, February um, of 2022. Uh, it's amazing. And Jim, if you want to see it offline, I'm sure Jabbar probably told you about it, but um, that platform is going to be called Silo Cloud. It's mm -hmm. really uh, amazing. It's pretty much a one-stop shop. Um, and like I said, without going into much details, because I don't know exactly what we're allowed to say, I just know that we're releasing, uh, um, they're releasing February, 2022. Um, it's it's mind-blowing what they <laughs> have. Awesome. So you guys are partnering with a lot of you guys are partnering with a lot of tech companies, and I guess the objective, um, on, you know, as Gwen mentioned earlier, you're like you're bringing these opportunities to places that generally don't get uh, these kind of looks. Um, so, you know, and that's important, this, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah, it is. I, I, mean, they, sure. I, mean, I was, was going to ask you to speak to that, Gwen, because as they're talking about the companies you guys are starting your fund with, and you know, learning about what an opportunity zone funds are, they're going to have to do work in places that they generally. You know, tech companies don't come to these places. So, Gwen, I want you to speak to that. Right. So think about the social impact. So my role as a fund manager, I'm also a community rate relations person. So so as, you know, ideas and projects flow, like any community, you want to create that public will, if you will, because you're not just going to go in somebody else's community talking about you're going to come save them, right? That's not what we're about. It's about building those intentional relationships that not only helps restore and beautify those communities, but you're creating uh, opportunities that people can do for self. Because if you think about, for instance, the agro farming, when you think about urban communities, they'll give us a liquor store and a convenience store. They'll give us potato chips, but not give us potatoes. Mm. All right. So we have to think like that. They'll give us the process of, you know, the dried tomatoes versus teaching us how to grow tomatoes. Because I believe in the time that we are in, when we're talking about food deserts, you're thinking about the hood when you're thinking yep. about food deserts. Because yep. if you think about where grocery stores, those national chains with the fresh vegetables from local farmers, now we might get the farmer's market on certain seasons, but it's another thing to be able to access quality foods year round. So that, you know, when we're saving our chains, we ain't trying to get two for a dollar, like I said, potato chips and Cheetos. But we can actually, you know, bring some broccoli and some carrot sticks to the table as well. And so mm -hmm. that's the beauty of this. We not only are, you know, working to protect our investors' interests, but it's a piece that it expands the educational thinking because children are more than ABCs and one, two, threes. Every child's not going to college. 
but they can go get a trade and get a technical can and that it can create get a wage that is not only livable that they can have an improved quality of life so our funds in technology and agro farming are i think that's what makes us very unique is that we are looking at social impact as well as protecting the investors interests Right. And and if I could could just add to what Gwen is Mm -hmm. saying, think about it and how we came to be and how we put this together. You know, when I think of what Gwen is saying with the corner bodegas and, you know, you're looking at gentrification across our towns and our communities. We're not trying to do that. We're trying to bring jobs back. You know, I've traveled up to Connecticut. I've been to I'm in North Jersey. So I've been South Jersey. I've been in Philly. When you look at what used to be the landscape of manufacturing jobs that are there no more, when we're looking at everybody's not going to school and getting, you know, a college degree or a college education, how are we going to bring these jobs back to our community? You know, not knocking the corner bodega, but as Gwen said, I love it like a potato chip versus a potato. Like we have to figure out how we're going to sustain ourselves within our inside of our communities. And that's kind of where we're trying to disrupt the process and say, how do we bring our manufacturing back to our communities? How do we bring jobs back to our communities? You know, how do we bring affordable housing back to our communities? Because affordable today ain't really affordable when you don't even make a living wage. This is facts. That's that's an amazing point. All the facts. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's an amazing point. So now, the question I have is this, um, and Regina kind of talked a little bit about this earlier, um, about how, as in from the investor side, how this could benefit a regular investor versus an accredited investor. I want to talk a little bit more about that. So if someone is, as an investor is looking to invest into your fund, um, could you break down what are the benefits for a regular investor and what are the benefits for an accredited investor? And also, are there minimums? Bernice, let me give you that one. So in order to invest our fund, uh, because it's a high risk um, investment, it, we can only take accredited investors into it. It's because of the different regulations. But it Actually, um, the regular investor can invest into the areas to help um, beautify the community and get their returns. An accredited investor, the whole reason of the Opportunity Zone area is to get the capital gains dollars that weren't originally going to be in those areas for people to come in and to actually invest. So by investing into our fund, our fund our minimum subscription is 100,000. There are some people that have a 50,000 minimum. Some people have a 250,000. Ours is set at 100,000. So we could take non-capital gains dollars as well, uh, but the person has to be accredited. Uh, the reason why that an investor would invest into a, um, an opportunity zone fund is if you think Dre, like Dr. Dre, um, it it's um, deferral. So anybody who has a capital gains tax bill that's due, you're deferring your bill until December of 2026. Ours reduction, um, that went away December um, 31st of 2021. We're wait, still waiting for Congress to see if they will um, extend it. It was with a 10% step up in basis, and E is the elimination. So if they hold the money into the fund after a period of time, it's um, zero gains on capital tax dollars. So and just to put it down, um, to repeat it, is going to be deferral, reduction, and elimination. So if, say if somebody has a million dollars in a capital gains um, tax bill that they have to pay, they don't have to pay that bill until 2026. 
if they put it in before the de December 31st deadline, on that million dollars, they're only paying $900,000. They get a 10% discount step up in basis. Again, that went away. We're still trying to see if they'll extend it. So they, they take that same million dollars. And if that business or that our fund or whatever um, increases and say they earn an extra $3 million, they're paying 0% capital gains tax upon exit if it's held in with a period of 10 years. All right, I want to slow that down, right? So. <laughs> that means if they had a million dollars in capital gains, mm -hmm. they could invest it, get a ten percent discount right away. First of all, if it's the ten percent went away um, in December, we're still yeah, it went away in December, but was, so we're still waiting to see what uh, Congress does with it. Mm -hmm. Understand okay. it though, they would get ten percent, um, and this is Open not twenty twenty six. And so, if that a million dollar investment went to say ten million dollars. There's no taxes on those gains. So no taxes on that nine million dollars. Correct. Only the original one million dollars. So, so now think about think about what that that cliche: the rich get richer. Yeah, like because now all right, all right. So now my brain is moving right because all, in order to get it, in order in order to get in this, you have to be an accredited investor. So you're knocking off a lot of people there. But that but, is that is exactly no, that's, that's to be into our fund. The average person can open up their own fund. It's considered what's called a closed fund. So if you're into real estate or crypto, and if you have, um, say if you buy a house for $100,000, you fix and flip it, whatever. When you sell that house for $200,000 minus whatever um, mm -hmm. expenses you had, that remaining money is considered capital gains. You could take that capital gains money and start your own closed fund. It's because we're doing the raise with the different oh, uh, various regulations. Oh, right. So now, the now person, the non-accredited yeah. investor can do their own opportunity zone fund. It's right. just when we accompany it with the different raises with the different series, the deregulations, there's certain rules and parameters that we have to meet. But you're into crypto. You take some of that crypto money out, you have a capital gains bill that you yes. have to pay. You, you yeah. also invest into real estate. If you took mm -hmm. that same crypto money and invest and create it, you have to create your fund first and then invest into the real estate in the designated opportunity zone area. You would still have that thing. But there's also there's are certain rules that you have to do. You have to do improvement. But most people that are into real estate, they're going to fix up the property anyway. There's a certain percentage of plus something um, I can't think of the top of my head that you have to invest into the property as well to do substantial improvements. Substantial and then you run it out for a period of 10 years. And then when you go to sell it and exit out in 10 years, you have zero capital gains tax. Whoa. All right, so all right, I got a couple questions. The rich get richer. The rich get richer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's, exactly, that's exactly what I'm thinking, right? Because the rich get richer. Specifically in our community, a lot of times we're playing the game, but we don't even know what the rules are, mm -hmm. right? So right. yeah, I'm in I'm in finance every day, and right. this is all new to me. Like the, the opportunity zone, this idea, like you know, I guess I would sleep at the wheel, not really realizing the potential with an opportunity zone. Um, because what yes. Bernice just said is is real, it's real interesting to me. So outside of you guys having your own fund, which an accredited accredited investor can invest in and watch you guys grow that fund. Um, and you guys are doing amazing work with bringing those tech companies into your fund. That's awesome. Amazing. But you're telling me that an average person you're can just create one who's a real estate investor. Mm -hmm. So, again, my other hat is I work for a company called Easy Do It. We do turnkey opportunity zone developments. So you could go to um, a lawyer or a tax account and um, a lot of them don't know the programs. And some of the ones that do, 
they'll charge you. Um, mm -hmm. We just created a better mousetrap. Um, that site is easydoit.com. Um, mm -hmm. You can go to them, read all about uh, our credentials and what we create. But the glory about this program that it's um, available until 2047. So anybody that's in the real estate game that's flipping, um, that wants to do a birth strategy, it fits right in. The, the Opportunity Zone program is a stackable program. So you could also include that into different incentives that the government does offers and it stacks with grants, it stacks with mortgage. You could actually get um, some of your capital gains money and put it down to down payment and still mortgage it off. Wow. Play. Oh, hold on, hold up. So, all right, I got, I got some homework to do because um, didn't know all this was, and that was my next question, actually. I think you kind of answered it was um, what, what uh, kind of threats does legislation, um, you know, present when it comes to these opportunity zones, you said it's already in place till 2047. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we know it's 2047. The last, and I, I got to get you the last day that you can actually invest in, but this program goes until 2047. Interesting. But I'm going to say, I'm going to say this, right? Part of our challenges in the hood, if you will, mm -hmm. these are not the things they teach us, right? They barely want to teach us the ABCs and one, two, threes. That's why it's not just the school's responsibility, it's the village responsibility. Yes. Right, we should be teaching our children uh, financial literacy, but we don't. I live in Connecticut. Babies in the womb go to the state capital, okay? And mm -hmm. these communities, they're the most of your suburban communities. See, we're not exposing our communities to the tools and the resources that can help us do for self. Right now, there is this. You know, you, we got a tough history in America. You know, we've been slaves, you know, so y'all are victims and we got to save you. So we're not going to share this information because you need us to save you. And I'm going to say, if you ain't turned water to wine yet and you ain't part of no Red Sea, you're not saving anything here. But you can teach me the tools so that I can help myself because the person that feeds you controls you. And so the power of opportunity zones and why we should be having it in this conversation in every single hood to include rural America so that individuals can get the tools they need to help themselves. This happens. This helps us build, take pride where we live. It hurts me to get out. You know, I do this literacy program every uh, December. And these kids are happy to get books and notebooks and right on each side of them, you got boarded up windows and blighted. Like who can grow? What flower you know can grow under those conditions? And so that's the beauty of our innovation is we're saying we're bringing this technology to the quite capable communities in the hood because we are quite yeah. capable of learning yeah. technology. We know ABCs, statistics, geometry, astrology. If you give us access to those tools that we need to help ourselves. So that's my role. I mean, we invented all that. Absolutely. So, and, and for Corey and Jimmy, I just want to thank you and I'll keep continue thanking you guys throughout this recording as well. You know, I, I remember working for one of the top CBG companies um, a few years ago, and they talked about the marketing dollars um, that are inside of the Black community. And, you know, you look at a Nielsen's report, you know, for anybody that's not, that doesn't know, you can look at a Nielsen report and talk about the trillions of dollars that is spent inside of the Black community. You know, when you're talking about by the hood, this is a mechanism, you know, as Bernice said, a better mousetrap to take what we already know and do as our counterparts is doing on the other side to take our dollars, our 
um, capital gain dollars and not just keep diverting them over here or diverting them over there. You know, you can pull them inside of a fund. You can pull them inside of a qualified opportunity zone business and, and, and have a equal or start to equalize the playing field for what we're doing with our dollars inside of our community. Um, so I am very excited about this. Thank you for um, offering us this platform to talk about yes. opportunity zones. You know, we have a lot of work to do in front of us, but we have a lot of money inside of us and within of our, inside of our communities that we need this message to get further and further out. So we know what we're doing inside of our communities. No, I, listen, thank you guys for sharing this because I think that um, I guarantee you someone's going to listen to this and take something from it. If nothing else, but to go do more research because I mean, I'm I didn't realize that all these things were possible. Um, and, and also one of the things Bernice mentioned, like, you know, you guys um, are doing your work with RBG, but there's room for people to do, you know, kind of the same work, create their own funds and, and go out there and get busy because there's, there's so much work to do in our community. Absolutely. I have, I have one question. So if you're a serial uh, investor, like say you do 10 of those projects a year, uh, you got, you know, 10 houses and you, you flip to 10 houses. Do you have to do a new application each time or can you put it all under one roof? You could put it all underneath one. It's it's the fund. So the way it works, your fund is the mothership. You create your fund is the mothership. And then every property, the QOZBP, um, the, QOZB, mm -hmm. um, the Qualified Opportunity Zone property, or you could make it into a business, whatever have you, like some people have a uh, rental property, they'll create the business. And then underneath that, they'll do the LLC because some investors like, because uh, my background is real estate, they like to have a different LLC for every um, property that they have just for legalities in case there's something happens, they don't want one to affect the other. The fund, you're, you're taking your accredited investment, um, your capital gains, you're putting in the fund, then the fund deploys it out to different um, projects. So it could be in the real estate or in business. Then okay. but you cannot just go and say, oh, I bought, a lot of times you'll see um, listed opportunity zone area, the opportunity zone, oh, I bought a property in opportunity zone area. It doesn't matter. You're not going to receive the tax benefits unless you create the fund first. The money has to be deployed into the fund, and then the fund deploys it into the real estate. Okay, so that's that's why you mentioned you can. So so all right. Now let's just thinking out loud. You create your fund. Mm -hmm. You can get financing in the fund to say. So you have the 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 fund is just a stackable item. It's just think about it. It's just a, something to arrange in your capital stack. So mm -hmm. the fund invests into the property, but then you could also get a mortgage to debt service that property. As okay. long as the property, as long as you qualify that property as a qualified opportunity zone property, and there's certain parameters, like you have to have your safe harbor provisions in place. You have to have um, your substantial improvements. It's what um, whatever investment money on the actual building plus. So there's, there's a percentage. And again, it just escaped me. I got to look it up um, what it is. I believe it's, 50 plus one, Regina? I'm not really, I can't remember offhand. 50 that, plus one sounds familiar. Yes, 50 plus yeah. one. So if the property you buy for $50,000, you have to put $50,001 for it to qualify. Okay. So that 50000 extra $50, you could get a hard money loan or what have you. It just, <laughs> just has to fit in the parameters. And we can uh, provide the different, and if you go to the IRS, um, if you Google IRS and Opportunity Zones, it's underneath the 1400Z regulation. 
you know, it's interesting, right? I wonder how many people are actually taking advantage of this. Like, I mean, I, I because I, I there's about lots it. of people taking advantage of it, but well, how many of those people like, like, like us? us. <laughs> how many <laughs> <people> <laughs> like us? <laughs> I think I gave you an article of Jimmy that Amazon has been using this program, or and some of the other big boy businesses have been using this program, and they just haven't said anything about it. Because wow. if you look at how many, we're supposed to be in COVID, it's supposed to be shut down, there's delay, but look how many businesses are popping up. A lot of people are using this program and they're buying hotels. Um, they're doing it for whatever. Um, and it, yeah, it only makes sense. Think about it. These Amazon blew my mind, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, these investment friends, these hedge funds, it, it only makes sense. It's like you have capital gains tax, you got to pay anyway. Let me create a fund. Let me buy a hotel. Think about it. Uh, commercial real estate's fifty percent off um, in some cases. Yeah. Hold it, improve it. Ten years, you're walking away with zero capital gains tax. That's actually pretty brilliant. I mean, <laughs> I mean, no, <laughs> it is. It exactly. is actually See, Jimmy, very brilliant. Think about that, Jimmy. But, but people but, but complain about, about not paying. Yeah, people complain about them not paying taxes, but, but imagine, they know the rules. They know right, the rules. Exactly. They know so they know the rules because they create the rules. Right. But then here is where we have to do better as a people. See, I believe in solutions. When you learn something, we should be sharing it. There mm -hmm. should be, because now, like you, Jimmy, light bulbs are going off. There should be educational type of town halls going across the country about opportunity zones. And I'll tell you why. Because we have historical amounts of money. Um, pouring through through American rescue plans, right? We're dealing with a pandemic. Landscapes have shifted. There are more millionaires now because of this pandemic. But our communities, why they still look the same? Why are we still in the struggle, but yet new millionaires are thinking they're coming in our communities, buying up our land. We should be working together, right? Our kids should have before and after school programs. You can't shut a school down, don't give these babies access to something. And so this is what the Opportunity Zone, in my opinion, just based on my work with the public does. And so we need to be monitoring this law, right? And when Congress try to come for it, if nobody else go to support it, black folk need to be coming up there and say, wait a minute, this has helped us rebuild our, restore our communities. This has helped us build our communities. This has helped our communities grow. So then we should be on it and watching it. So if the laws start to shift, we're out there on the game. We can rah-rah for football games. We can sell out stadiums. If we can sell out stadiums for the football players, we can sell out whatever we need to sell to get some properties to help our babies. I'm just yeah, saying. And, and let, me, uh, let me just add something um, for people that are going to be watching this later on. When you look at all the development that is going on, and I won't name the name, but the, the, the city that I work in, when you look at all the high rises, when you look at all the apartment buildings that are going up and a town that my son lives in, I was like, wow, that's really nice housing. You know, since, you know, Bernice and I have been working together and now RBG is together, I now go and Google addresses. So it's one thing to say, oh, they are getting tax abatements. We all know about tax abatements, but mm -hmm. now they are getting additional stacks of incentives because they have now put them inside of opportunity zones. And not only are the developers or the people getting tax abatements and other city incentives, they are now pretty much zeroing out their tax liability to balancing out this government that we live in. It's, a, it's brilliant. 
I'm all for it. Like <laughs> you, 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 you just made my brain race again. I didn't even think about that. I thank you guys again for having us on this, but yeah, we gotta be like you know that meme that the guy is going like this. Like no, that's how I feel right now because you just mentioned the other thing. And Bernice said it's stackable, so I technically can have a tax abatement. You know, in, in, in my in my city, our tax abatements are ten my, my years. I could have a tax abatement built in an opportunity zone. Oh my God! Wow, I'm sorry, but this way, what did you guys say? I just wanted to put in that you could put anything into an opportunity zone fund except for the six sin businesses, um, golf courses, casinos, uh, liquor stores. Uh, Regina, the other ones, tanning salons, and there's one more. Um, there's two more I can't think of off the top of my head. Yeah, uh, but it. everything fits. So how you said amusing parks, stadiums, we have um, a fund that we have developed. They're going to be putting a water park. Somebody's going to be doing an entertainment center. Um, the music industry, some people are doing. It, it's amazing uh, what some of these programs are doing. So if you see a stadium coming into your city and you know it's an opportunity zone, Please, we know they they have a fund. Wow, you know, I just learned something new right there. I didn't know that golf course was considered a sin business. Like that's interesting, or you know, anyway. Um, so that's, that's another thing. No, did you know that court? I did. Why would golf course be a sin business? But I, I, I don't know. But that, that's just funny. Why would all the deals, the back door wheeling and dealing, all that wheeling and dealing, they don't they don't sold ten people. Nah, okay. If it wasn't, the person that actually, again, this was created in Obama's administration and Trump ran with it, with his real estate background. And a lot of uh, the people that are on my other team come from that administration. So it's um, it's pretty amazing in what you think about what you can put into an opportunity zone area, except for those six sim businesses. And, and Besides the limit, imagine yeah, if... If, uh, Bernice, I'm sorry. It's the golf courses, country clubs, massage parlors, hot tub facilities, suntan facilities, racetracks, um, gambling or liquor stores. Other than that, everything else is free game. Free game. Wow. So as long as it yes. falls within that area, you could put pretty much anything outside of those things. Barbershops, barber exactly. uh, any business, anything that you could think of. And the one thing that people don't realize if you come like with startups, if you're thinking about doing a startup and you're raising capital on it, um, majority of the money is coming from capital gains. They're your people that if you just create your fund, create a startup hub, think about like if some of the major players, if they were created in an opportunity zone, when they go to sell over, some of those sell, uh, companies are selling over in the multi-millions, they would have a 0% capital gains tax liability in a period of 10 years. Hmm. Wow. Wow. Yeah, like uh, I'm I'm damn. Yes, Corey. Yes. Like, yeah, my mind my mind is running right now and, and, and it's yes. we do also it's, educate. Um, so the again the company I'm with the easy do it, we have something called the Opportunity Zone Club. We're on Facebook, um, Instagram, Twitter, but we have clubhouses every Monday through Thursday at 8 p.m. And we specifically talk about opportunity zones to get the word out. And then on Sunday, um, it's from 7 um, p.m. We talk, it's it's broken down Sunday, 7 p.m. It's uh, nonprofits, churches, municipalities. Monday, it's um, general um, 101. Tuesdays, it's um, businesses. 
Wednesdays real estate, and then Thursdays are general Q&A. But it's just a matter of getting the word out. And we have our tax attorney and all the leaders that are um, coming to our room and some of some of the successful funds. Um, we go and we listen. Um, and that's how we initially came about where we have uh, created, I think our website, 15 billion, but I think we're at $24 billion worth of private equity um, funds wow. and opportunities zones we have created. And then when I came to Regina, it was, it was like, we see it, they're doing it. Let's just create it. And then we, the way that our team is uh, with Easy Do It, they stay with you and they will help you and guide you if you go through them. And any question you have, it's cheaper for us, you to come to Clubhouse and ask the tax attorney a question for free versus paying $1,500 or $1,000 an hour. And Joseph- I got, I got a couple of questions we, based on what you just said. You said churches and nonprofits, how can they benefit from this? So there's there's money on the raise. So who knows your community better than a church or nonprofit? Okay. So you're raising capital. Do you remember the capital gains tax uh, bill? What's due? I think it's around some crazy number, six trillion dollars worth of capital gains that mm -hmm. has to be That's paid in taxes. So yeah. if you create, if churches and nonprofits create their funds, they know what's best for their communities and how to deploy that capital. Okay. Okay. And there's power there, Jimmy. So if you think about what makes us unique, right? We all have our different lanes. Gene, mm -hmm. I call the financial guru, right? Bernice mm -hmm. acquisitions, real estate. You know, who would think an education activist, right? That did PK through 12. I'm in this game because I know the intersects between intersection between education and economics. Mm -hmm. Right. And then, and then once you start to meet and see what the needs of the people, so you don't have to come into this knowing it all. Right. You just align yourself strategically. One thing I've learned, everything's intentional. When Gina talks, it's very intentional. When Bernice talks and, and we bump heads, we'd be like, girl, you better not be doing, girl, we not do <laughs> because, right, we come from different lanes. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, we're very clear with a mission, the focus. And I see that the opportunity zones is a, is a diamond in a coal mine. And black communities, we can leverage ourselves. We can help build. We can help grow. And we can show our children that we don't have to be totally dependent. We can do this, right? Because we would we would create synergies because we all bring different talents and and uh, to the table, and 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 together it makes a perfect storm, right? We are RBG is a perfect storm because yeah. of what our black communities need right now, and all would benefit. Rule, right? Don't forget. Yes, we got rural America. Black folk mm -hmm. live in rural where they are disconnected. So understanding the agro farming, right? Understanding how to make things something out of nothing, right? The innovation matters, but everyone else holds those keys. Now they're saying, here's the key, but you got to want it. And, it. and I will say what I've learned about this ain't for everybody. You might want to do an opportunity zone. You might have the heart to do it, but it requires diligence, stability, and because one thing, when America catch a cold, black folk catch pneumonia and they'll look for something to come get us. So yeah. make sure if you're going to consider this, make sure your intentions are right. Your principle, I'm not saying that can go for anybody because you could find a good thing turning bad all because you don't know what to do. So ask questions, link up. I wouldn't leave this because I don't think I can do it. But when it comes to messing with the laws and messing with my people, I know how to advertise it. I know how to create the synergy and energy around it so that it will stay in place. Because when we start to get into it, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Opportunity Zone is not important. 
as soon as black folks start to want something, then all of a sudden the rules start to change. We're not about to change nothing around here because we learn it. So we got to start like to keep it. Thank you for letting me share. No, listen, that, that, that's important to say. That's absolutely important to say. Um, and Bernice had a question too, right? So what, what, what kind of resources does someone need if they wanted to start their own fund? Like, um, you know, you said you have a, you, you guys have a better mousetrap with easy do it. So what kind of resources would someone say, you know what, I want to start my own fund. I'm inspired by RBG and I want to start my own fund. Well, well it depends would, if they want a closed fund or open fund. All right. So, so, all right. So let's take a step back. Explain the difference briefly between a closed fund versus an open fund. Well, closed fund is your own capital. It's your own, uh, it's your own money. And it's like your pool of uh, family and friends, you guys are just pulling together and you're starting what's considered, you're not doing any series of raising that's considered a closed fund. An mm -hmm. open fund is when you go through the different regulations of, of raising money, you're still under the same guidelines as you're doing any other different um, capital raise with the different regulations. So with the open fund, that's where it has to be an accredited investor. Correct. Because you have a PPM, you have to do your safe harbor provisions, you have to, uh, it, it's a lot of paperwork. And again, be very mindful of all the different people out there, the, the CPAs, the attorneys, the financial advisors, because everyone will tell you, oh, I know opportunity zones. You could blow up your whole fund and you're going to have a lot of mad people at the end of the 10 years. And they're looking to get their, um, have a zero tax capital gains tax bill and you mess up their fund. It's be very mindful who puts your paperwork together. Got you. Got you. And then a closed fund, you said just your own capital, but also family. It's, so. it's, it's, you're not under the same rules and regulations. Um, I would prefer to our, our tax advisor, um, mm -hmm. tax attorney to get more in detail, but a closed fund, it's the what 8896 form you, you file. Um, there's a certain other steps that you could do. You could go to the IRS website. There's uh, attorneys that um, can help you. There's um, CPAs that are familiar, make sure that they are familiar with the program and what to do, but it's your own capital gains um, money that you can invest in. And I have another question. This, is, this may sound random. How many funds can one participate? Like, how, how many funds could you, could you actually be a part of? There's no limit. Yeah. All right. So I can no, there's, there's, you know, it's, it's interesting. There's no when, limit that I know of, but again, right. there's right now there's no regulation saying, oh, you can't have more than, it's just like, is there a limit on LLCs that you can own? No, it's not. So I, I can only imagine what's actually taking place in the market. <laughs> For the people that know about it, there's a lot of closed funds. And and right now, to date, I believe there's a, only a couple thousand opportunity zone funds. Um, there's not that many, even though there's $6 trillion or $7 trillion worth of capital gains money out there. There's only a couple mm -hmm. thousand funds out there. Buying the hood, OZ fund. I'm with it. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Virginia, where are you yeah. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, when you think about the $6 trillion that's out there, I think even when we went into Connecticut, and it's it's all Googleable um, with what I'm going to say, so don't quote me on this, I believe there's only four active funds in Connecticut right now. And when you think about the number of opportunity zones out there in Connecticut, like there's so much room for opportunity. When we think about what Obama, and you have to applaud him for having the insight for putting this together, and they wouldn't let him get past go on this. Donald Trump was smart enough in his background to say, yep, I need this because I'm going to benefit from this. And, you know, when you look at it in the landscape of what all of this means, like this message needs to get out. 
And Bernice, when I think about like Amazon and what Amazon did, Amazon, you know, I'm going to use my word, thought they were slick with what they did, but brilliant. Um, and then when we look at the monies that we have inside of our own community, we have trillions of dollars of dollars flowing through the black community as well. We have capital gains that we probably don't even realize that's out there. And this message and getting this message out to people just to let them know you can do this. It's, it becomes, you know, a whole different game changer with regards to legacy building within our, inside of our communities. Yes. That's, that's powerful. Um, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. I, I know a lot of people don't, aren't even familiar with this. Some people may not even heard of an opportunity zone fund. Um, right. May have heard of opportunity. That, that's why I was good to make the distinction between like, you know, there's the fun, but then there's the actual opportunity zones. A lot of us have heard of opportunity zones. Like that falls within an opportunity zone, yep. but we don't even realize like what that means in terms of how to take advantage of that. Yeah, right. advantage Jimmy, yep, Jimmy, we Bernice and I spoke with someone recently. It was an attorney that was doing bills um, up here in um, northern New Jersey. And, you know, Bernice, you know, you got to love Bernice if you know her personally. Like she's like, have you done? And she kind of went through the list and he was like, no, because I only know about this. And she was like, well, do you know you can do this? And, you know, he got he paused for a second and, you know, we're like, no, it's not just building inside of an opportunity zone, which, you know, people have heard about an opportunity zone. I think the first time Gwen and I talked about it, she mentioned an enterprise zone, you know, there's hub zones, you know, but this here is a total different game changer. You know, when we look around Philadelphia, when we look around, you know, Essex County, Union County here in northern New Jersey, you know, all of this development that's going on, you know, people know about it, but it's not people that are going to want to stay inside of the um, communities to buy the hood and invest mm -hmm. inside of the communities from where we're from. from. There's people that's coming in from the outside that's doing it and have been doing it very quietly. Um and that's why we need to be on our game to that very point. Again, if we look at the pandemic, right? So I'm talking about need-based, right? And so what do our communities need right now? So here's an opportunity to invest in us. Here's a private investor that may have a project or you may have a project that they want to invest in, right? So we should be analyzing our community. What do we need? We know we need jobs. So, right, and, and not just random just to say you don't, you know, develop jobs, but you're building. That's why I love our title, Restore, Build, and Grow. Restore mm -hmm. these communities. Take back pride that we have, giving our kids, our kids to be able to play in the sandbox, too, without glass in it, right? They need to be able to do sports and things. You, the, the sky to what we just said is the limit. So what do we need to, to bring back the village? And as I close, there's that quote, um, I think it's an African proverb. They ask, you know, their greeting is, how are the children? If the children aren't well, then we not well. If our, if our seniors aren't well, we not well. And so this allows us the opportunity to invest in us so that we get well. And so mm -hmm. that's why I'm excited by this. And that's why I'm saying I'm all about buying in the hood. I'm all about buy the hood, Oz fun. I'm all for it, Corey, I'm all for it. <laughs> Let's make it happen. No, this, this is powerful. This is powerful, right? This is like learning, you know, that all, all these rules and all these things exist. And, you know, um, 
I can guarantee you that most people have no idea about it. This is this is amazing. This is amazing, and this presents an, uh, a great opportunity for yes. for for you and what you're doing with RBG, but just for our people in general um, to really start to learn more about it. Like if if nothing else, um, take what you've heard here and go do some research. Go learn about it. Reach out to them. You know, um, see how you can help RBG and their mission. Now, let me ask you guys this question, um, and, and any of you guys can answer. Um, what are your goals with RBG specifically? Like, what do you, where do you see RBG in, you know, five, 10 years from now? What is it you're trying to do with RBG? Anybody can answer. Gina, we'll start with our executive. Maybe we have three different perspectives. Like, what are all your perspectives? Uh, You know, I'll start with you, Bernice. What do you, what do you see for RBG? Well, um, being that I have a special needs child, um, we knew that I know for me, we have to create jobs from them first. And that's why we partnered up with the businesses. We know that there's a food shortage. That's why we partnered up and we want to do an agro. So after we want to have a spillover effect and um, create housing for the autistic community, for the special needs populations, for the veterans, for the low and medium income um families. We want um, the senior citizen populations. We want those hubs based around them. And then we want to do wraparound services. Then the next phase is also transitional um, housing, which could be reentry, aging out youth, um, incarcerated, giving them the tools to sustain, making sure everything's in a um, uh, walking distance for a hub or a transit community. And then our last phase is um, the cannabis and hemp field. There's so much stuff that you can do with hemp um, and we're still working out with our R&D um, search that we want to bring into these communities um, just to create sustainable jobs for the uh, special uh, populations, for the autistic community, for the veterans, for the senior citizens, for everybody. Um, it, we don't necessarily need to have low income and affordable housing if everybody's paid a decent wage. And that's where we plan on to create jobs and pay people livable wages and create housing opportunities. And we want to create this whole ecosystem um, that can sustain itself where there, we're not asking for handouts. We're just asking for a fair opportunity. If you want to learn something through the minority hub to partner with some of the CDFIs and the minority business development agencies to help bring people to access these programs, because there are so many different programs that people don't know about. Uh, especially in the Philadelphia area, like um, the Enterprise Center, which I've been part of their stuff for the last couple of years. Um, they have all these different free resources. SCORE is a valuable resource. We just want people to know that, hey, these programs are out there. And if you need help, just even with the business idea, these programs are out there. We just want to help bring in the people to get the proper help and um, resources that they need. All right, Regina, what's your, what's your vision uh, for yeah. RBG? Yeah, my vision for RBG goes back to 2004 when I started a nonprofit organization to pretty much help and represent underserved and underrepresented communities. Um, and I remember through the years adopting families and self-funding to make sure families um, in the local cities around here had a Christmas, had a Thanksgiving holiday. Um, and it was just not adopting the kids, but I adopted, adopted the entire families. Back in 2004, when we started our reentry program was before reentry became a household name and a buzzword um, here in Union in Essex County in North New, New, uh, Northern New Jersey. 
you know, my goal for RBG and my goal for Regina, Bernice and Gwen is to bring jobs back to the community, to represent the underrepresented in our communities, to make sure that the landscape is not taken over and we get pushed out or pushed aside or ignored. When we think about the manufacturing, when we think about the technology, when we think about the jobs, it is so dear to me that we make this impact and be impactful and intentional in what we're doing. You know, the fact that Regina, Bernice, and Gwen stand here today is only through the grace of God that we are together. You know, in our normal day-to-day -day lives, um, we would I wouldn't have met Bernice. Um, and, you know, I am so grateful that we are even here on this, you know, platform today having this conversation. You know, it's all about jobs. It's all about empowering and lifting the underdog. You know, I've been fortunate through you know, from where I started, I shouldn't be here, you know, and where I am today, I shouldn't be here. But you know what, I have a voice, I have a platform. And when Bernice said, Regina, we can do this. Do you know what you do um, for, you know, the school district that you work on or for the dollars that you manage? You know, and when Bernice and I started creating those synergies. And then when we bought Gwen in from the community perspective, like it all gels like unbelievably together. And, you know, Bernice's goals and Gwen's goals are my goals. You know, we are for our communities. We are for our people, whether they're in the cities, whether they're in the rural areas, whether they're black, whether they're white, you know, we have people that are underrepresented underserved in those communities that are being tossed out by these high rises, by these developments. And that affordability is not the affordability. And, you know, I want to just make sure that we are coming back to the communities, that we're giving people livable rate wages, but we're also making sure that they can stay and educate their kids inside of their communities. That's right. Amazing. And Gwen, I'm going to let you finish. What is your vision for RBG in the next 10 years or so? So my life has, 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 has been a roller coaster of emotions. I've lost uh, two sons, age 25 and 31, in fatal car accidents. In 2015, my son was 25. He was a high school dropout, but in my house, that wasn't going to be a permanent option, right? So I knew the importance of accessing options. And then last year, I lost my 31-year-old uh, in a fatal car accident. So my world crumbled. And... And I, and, I, and I felt lost. I'm like, so how can the work that I do in education, how can I help the young people of his age, which is a high unemployment um, sector, 17 to 26, especially if you are a black person. And, but, most, but within that, so part of my, my memories of them is to give back to young people, making sure that they have access to the tools they need to be self-governing. But most importantly, I'm tired of people coming into our communities thinking that we so broken that they got to come save us. We are very quite capable individuals. My baby should be able to go to a Head Start program early childhood like anybody else's. My baby should be able to get access to those tools they need to be self-governing versus little, you know, because you were born black, somehow that's a deficit. And so this opportunity is on RBG shows the power of being black women right? In this space of investments, when I hear investments, I don't think black folk. Now I do, but growing up, that's not what I saw in the stock market. So this opens an opportunity for us to do 
for self. And, and what it does is it forced politics to stop treating us like victims as well. So my lane is to make sure that these laws stay in place, that ensure we have equal access to the same opportunities. I ain't asked you for a handout. I ain't need you to be enable me. I just need fair access to the opportunities to help myself because all boats can be lifted with the opportunity zone. And that's how committed I am to it. So if they try to come for it, because usually they'll come for laws when black folks start to want to uh, do better. My job is to make sure, don't try to change the rules because now we in the game. Because then you don't have a problem. And I'm yeah. just saying. Uh, nice. My, our, my, our condolences, but uh, first and foremost, but that, that was amazing. Um, Corey, you got something you want to say, good brother? Yeah, it's um, it's amazing that you ladies and what you ladies have put together, um, the the actual opportunities that you are providing for people, not even the opportunity zones, the opportunities that you provide for people are amazing. Um, I don't, you know, the opportunity zones aside, the way that y'all care about the communities that y'all serve is something that's totally unmatched that I've seen. Um, because y'all are really committed to doing the work, right? And so again, when somebody's committed to doing the work, it's something totally different than when somebody is trying, you know, to, to make a profit from it. You know, it's not Amazon coming in. It's you ladies coming in and really trying to help build our communities. And I want to say thank you from somebody who is who was part of that, you know, that opportunity. You know, I lived, I know my old zip code is in an opportunity zone because I grew up dirt, dirt poor in 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 a, in a neighborhood with lots and lots of people. Um, and so I know how much the people in those kind of neighborhoods need what y'all are providing. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And you guys, uh, you. I think it was Regina that mentioned in the conversation, she said something that, um, you know, stood out to me, which was uh, mission focused. Right. And, and I think that that's, that's the most important, right. It's not about, you know, the money or anything. You guys are mission focused. So, uh, you know, as long as you stay mission focused, that's all that matters. If you focus on the mission, Everything else will come anyway. So, um, yeah, this this has been very inspiring and very educational for me as well. Um, I learned a lot and I have a lot of homework to do myself because, again, this is something I, I didn't realize. And, you know, people are taking advantage of this. Other cultures and communities are taking advantage of this. And we really need to be made abreast of what's going on out there. Got to know the rules, right? You know, got to know the rules. So I just want to thank you, ladies, um, and say, uh, you know, continue to do your work and continue to share this knowledge about opportunity zones, like not just here, other places. And I, you know, I, I hope you can continue to do this work about this, making our people aware. Um, I'm going to put links to uh, you guys site, the RBG zone. So anyone I want to, to invest or, or contact them about their specific fund. I'm going to share that. And I'm um, also Bernice. I'd like for you to shoot me some information about where people can get more information about opportunities. Maybe easy, easy do it or whatever. You could go to opportunityzones.org, opportunityzones.org. Okay. Um, again, like uh, we're part of RBG, but Easy Do It has really made it a mission to educate the public about this. Absolutely. Um, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. It all links back to our clubhouse. The reason why we hold so many different clubhouses is to educate the public. Our CEO, David, he he's very... Um, impactful. And the reason why he said he was like, I got tired of going to different conventions and conferences for people and speaking to people just that just look like me. And um, that really resonated with me. And I was like, wow, he's actually dedicated to uh, telling. And it's it's open arms that 
you could just go in there and talk to different professionals um, that are top in the field. They are, they are on Forbes, um, top influential people to learn about this program. If you go on um, our website and are about us, they have our uh, different bios on there and it's amazing. So you could just go and ask a question. Um, I also have to put it with in anything in real estate. A lot of people I've noticed that if you just take some of the top proper steps and he's like, well, I don't have capital gains. I don't want to do that. But if you're in the real estate game, eventually you're going to have capital gains. If you're flipping and doing everything that you need to do, mm-hmm. have your paperwork in order. The biggest mistakes, I think we had a conversation the other day that people don't know how to calculate their repair values. Um, and that can either mess up or make your project where they'll hire a contractor and they're like, oh, or their realtor's like, oh, the, the rehab value is this amount. Your realtor should not be telling you what the repair value is. It's, they're not. <laughs> oh, don't start me on contractors and uh, ARVs. <laughs> that, 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 but, but yeah, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> Do you like, guys use uh, Twitter Spaces at all? That's what I was wondering because I know some people like um, are like anti clubhouse, but they they go to Twitter. I'm on, I'm on Twitter. I don't. Easy uh, doesn't use Twitter Spaces yet. I'm not that person, and like if it wasn't for Regina and Gwen and me having a conversation with you, Jimmy, I wouldn't be on this podcast. I'm not that person. I, I know you're behind the scenes. I love I you, Bernice. Listen, listen, I love you, Bernice. Bernice is, Bernice is brilliant, but she's like behind the scenes. I had to like you know beg her to show her face and come on here. Um, like, and Bernice, no, Jimmy, she's the wizard, Jimmy, behind the scenes. Listen, she's the absolute wizard. She gave me a piece of advice the other day I had never heard of, you know, about how to utilize like lows. It was, it was a whole thing. I was like, wow, <laughs> you can't have all this information and not share it. You got to share it. I've been, I've oh, been, she'll I've share been, it. She just don't have no camera I, I, on. I share one on one, and I'm, I'm usually behind a lot of people's uh stuff and i'll be sitting there in the background texting him like yo you don't know what you're talking about like, 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 <laughs> slow, slow down you have no clue what you're talking about and i'll correct or do anything my other hat i also work for tisdale legal group um mm-hmm. and patrice is a phenomenal attorney in the philadelphia area um, if you need help with your real estate or any labor employment um just go to uh reallaw.com and we even have subscription packages to help you with your real estate it's a lot cheaper to bring your contracts to an attorney beforehand than afterwards and i know this is uh, uh, a lot of people by the hood uh you're buying real estate and we're majority of the audience is in the philadelphia area Mm -hmm. so we are practiced in ohio um pennsylvania and new jersey we're licensed to do um practice law so again, find an attorney that you're comfortable with to review your documents. Find an accountant um, that you're comfortable with providing credible advice. Finding a contractor. And if you don't trust your contractor, hire an estimator. Like the word estimator is so underutilized out in the community and it's cheap to hire an estimator. Philadelphia requires plans. There's nothing for you to take your plans put them over to an estimator and get what's called a takeoff. So then you have your building materials. All you have to do is negotiate the labor. Like you already have your your materials costs or your material costs, no matter what. There's something called productivity rates. 
We've been building since the beginning of time. Somebody has figured this out in a grandmaster. There's a book, there's software that you could figure out productivity rates and what timeline is going to be. There's insurance mechanisms, there's risk mitigation. Um, and the other thing that people underutilize is bonds. There's something called performance bond, biz bond that, See, Bernice, you got, she got all the game, yo. Yeah. We got to get, we got to take that shell off and get you. Contracts. And I'm like, you know, this could yes. be prevented. You know, this could be prevented. And then I know, like, you guys know Jabbar. Jabbar was like, no one cares. I'm like, whatever. But, but what do you know? <laughs> Jabbar's not always right. Jabbar's not always right. There's, there's yeah. no reason. There's no reason for. Like when somebody says, "Oh, it's over fifty. I'm fifty thousand dollars over budgets." I'm like, "How? Like on a town hall? <laughs> really? Like how? Like it, it doesn't hey, Jimmy, make sense." I'll tell you, Bernice gives me the laundry list road that lay down when I tell her about like me doing projects inside yeah. of the school district, and she's like, she's like losing her mind over here, and I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, like, hold on, Bernice!" So <laughs> and she's like, "Did they have this? Did they do that? Why didn't they do this? Why didn't they do that? Why? You know." It's all wrong, Regina. And I'm like, wait a minute, Bernice. <laughs> and recently, the yeah. most valuable information she gave me was bringing in an owner representative to mm -hmm. help me with you my know what you project. Hires an owner no. representative. Yeah. And it was project. the most valuable information, you know, that I, you know, had taken away in my role in the school district. And it was really saying to my board, I need an over uh, owner's represent, re representative because we're about to embark on this multi hundred million dollar project. And, you know, I'm being left to the will of the staff that I have inside of the district that know little and being with Bernice now, she's like, what about this? What about that? What about that? And like you said, Jimmy, it becomes like a whole mind blowing. Like, what did you just say, Bernice? <laughs> But I love her for it, though. Yeah, we and, I, and I will say yeah, to all you as we wrap up. Yeah, so I know you. I just want to say, and in your networks, you know, to your point, we need to there to be to be some more education around opportunity zones. So please, if there are podcasts that you work with, right? Are there community leaders you work mm -hmm. with? RBG will be there because, like I said, we are in an unprecedented time, and and as deadly as this pandemic was, there have been many silver linings. And so we need mm -hmm. to look at, instead of it deficit and woe is me, woe is me, look at solution oriented. And this is a very clear solution that can help lift all boats in our communities. And when it comes to these babies, we have an obligation and a responsibility as adults to make informed and responsible decisions until they're able to make them for themselves. And we can't keep leaving our babies and our seniors out to the wolves while we're trying to figure it out. You ain't got to like me never. But what you're not going to do is hurt children and hurt us. So that's what I'm saying to folks. This ain't about liking RBG or not. Do we have information that can help lift boats? Do we have what you need, investor, to, um, to not only protect your money, but know that we got your back as an investor, but we also got the people's back as we build in those communities to restore? So share with us and share with us as well. So share with other people as well, Jimmy and Corey. Thank you Absolutely. so much. This was a solid because Jabbar's relationship with you, but Gina and Gwen will be on you guys' podcast. Anytime you want to ask a question, 
I know how difficult this was for you. I know you're behind the scenes. Um, and, and by the way, Bernice's resume is amazing. She's helped some people who are in the front like really shine and she does a mindset yep. in the back school. Um no, but you know, you know I, I know you don't I know you don't but listen sometimes you gotta share because you had your wealth clear. Your I wealth know that much <laughs> yeah you're, but you're a wealth of knowledge though so I think it was important like so thank I you love so much. I'd be like look, I be feeling <laughs> all emboldened I'd be like oh you mess with me I'm telling telling Bernice and I'm telling Regina y'all ain't gonna be messing with me even if it was one time Bernice I just want to say thank you so much because I know you do not do this um but thank mm -hmm. you so much but thank all thank all you ladies for your work um what you're doing is very inspiring thank you we want to make sure we support it in any way possible we're going to put links to everything that you got going on um within the show notes and our audience please make sure you reach out to them um if you have a platform you want to share this information with please do um there's some folks i'm going to reach out to that have platforms that need to talk to you asap so um this this is very important it's amazing work you're doing so i just want to say thank you from us thank you thank you Jimmy. Awesome. thank you for it appreciate and, and can i just as a as the website is www.rbgozfund dot com is the website um and then bernice will provide all the other information but again thank you jimmy thank you Corey, for inviting us on the show bernice i love you as always um gwen i love you as always but bernice i love you and i will relieve you of your duties I got you. I, I'm, 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 listen, me, me and Jim got some, some talking to do. We yeah. got some, some research hey, to do. Last but not least, I want to give a shout out to my OG Tank, man, because Tank called me last night and, and told me that, you know, that, that his wife was going to be on and so I better take care of her. So I hope I did a good job, Tank. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make sure I give you a shout out, though. That's my brother right there, man. So, but, um, for Look audience at there, face. Okay. <laughs> for all right all right thank you so much everyone yes, as we always have say, a great it's not about how much money you make it's about how much you keep and elevates mm -hmm. make sure you check these ladies out we appreciate and love all of you and we shall see you guys in our next episode but thank you so much peace yeah.